This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Welcome back for part two on where today we are going to dive deep into Lexi's world and to get to know Lexi a little bit more, uh, a little bit about her past, where she's currently at now, so that you guys can enjoy and know everything about Lexi that I know. And I'm probably going to learn a whole lot more today. But if you missed episode one, part one, go back. That's also where we introduced myself, Jessica, the other co-host of Lexi. (laughs) And uh, where we're trying to really give you our our background so that you can know us intimately as you join us on the journey here at Soul Starter, the podcast. So as we dive in today, Lexi, I would love for you to share a little bit more about you. Like, where were you born? Where did what has been going on the last thirty years of your life? Well, you might want to add five more to the <laughs> who's counting. <laughs> yeah, I was born in Golden, Colorado. Uh, that's where. Coors Brewery is and so I was born and raised there like grew up went to high school smelling hops in the air my high school was like right next to the brewery so oh my gosh Uh, Golden is a really beautiful town at the foothills of the mountains in Colorado Uh, it's got a beautiful river running through it like we would go hang out at the river on our on our breaks from school people would like boogie board on the rapids and stuff that's so fun yeah Golden's definitely like come a long way i don't know gentrification has taken over there there's it's turned over a lot it was a lot more of a small town feel when i was there but yeah my my family built a house my dad and mom built a house together on green mountain and they lived there together for five years and then they got a divorce uh, so how old were you when that happened i was five okay so it was when you were born they yeah. got the house they were building the house when my mom was pregnant with me and it's actually so funny because uh they were going to check on the progress of the house one day and there was a man next door doing his yard work it turned out to be my mom's OBGYN. wow so the guy who delivered me was my next door neighbor did you guys still go to the hospital or? No, she still went. So I guess he knew my mom intimately. <laughs> and then um, his daughter and I, like, we played. There were four girls in that house growing up. So, like, we were on a cul-de-sac and had all the kids running around. And she became one of my best friends. She's so sweet. She's like, writes me pen pal letters still. She's so amazing. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of awkward because it was like her dad delivered me. And one time I went to the doctor and... He was like, he was scheduled to be my OBGYN for that day. And I was like, no, like, that's my that's my best friend's dad. <laughs> like, no way, I'm like, here, sorry, reschedule me for a different time. Anyway, they divorced when I was five. Okay. So I still lived in that house with my mom for another maybe five years, I think. And my dad actually built a house literally right up the street. So they were not together, but they didn't live far away. Yeah, so they co-parented closely for you guys. Well, yes. I, My dad might listen to my podcast. I'm not sure if he will, but um, our podcast. But 
yeah, they they co-parented not well. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. So they parented. They parented <laughs> together. Yeah. Closely. Closely. Uh, so do you remember, like, you know, to take you back when you were five? When do you do you like have memories of that? Because I don't have a whole lot of like. I mean, I have memories, but like that early on, I don't have a ton of memories. Curious if you do have any memories. So interesting that you asked that because the first memory I can think of is my mom telling me my dad was going to move out. Oh, wow. So all the way take, but taking you back to yeah, five. Yeah, I was five. I was in like the Minnie Mouse bedroom sitting at my desk and she came in and said like, daddy's not going to live here anymore. Wow. Kind of deal. Okay. I'm sure there are other untapped memories, but we'll have to do some unblocking <laughs> to get to those. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But yeah. So we, I the younger sister and her and I switched houses every Sunday night at 6 p.m on the dot don't be late yeah yeah that's very similar to my husband okay yeah so his parents divorced while he was really young too i think he was three wow and every week they would switch houses as well so it sounds like you had a very similar upbringing to him yes i remember another reason we are connected yeah more closely but you innately understand that that life of having to switch back and forth every week i do and um you mentioned this in your in your episode about moving very often and not ever feeling like you were grounded in a space. So even though I had like two homes, I never really felt like I was grounded in either of those spaces because every Sunday at 6 p.m. I would pack up my favorite toys, like my blankie and all of my things that I liked to bring back and forth. And that continued all the way into like high school where it was like my favorite curling iron and my makeup, you know, and my favorite outfits for school. But Yeah, I never really felt like I had a very grounded space. Mm. Um, And this comes in later when we talk about how I started my business. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mom changed homes after like she, I don't know, I was probably 10 or 12. She moved out of the house we were in. We had a lot going on um, that I'm not going to get into. But we moved into a townhome with her, and then we actually ended up moving into an apartment with her. Um, And then she kind of worked her way into a new position and climbed the ladder. And she's a whole inspiring story in and of herself. Mm -hmm. But um, then we found a home. It was a better distance from my dad, I think. And um, that's where my sister and I lived most of high school. So you stopped rotating back and forth in high school or you no we continued to rotate but the houses were further apart but we still you know had our schools and everything and um yeah my my dad remarried gosh I think I I think I was maybe 12 okay and my stepmom and him are still married and they're a big part of our lives and my I have a brother so he's the stepbrother but he was so little when they got married that he's basically my brother absolutely um and so that was that was kind of going it on and in that part of my life i don't know like sometimes i felt like i was living in parallel lives and then my mom on the other side of it she never remarried and she actually was diagnosed with breast cancer i think around the same time like that we moved originally i was 12 10 or 12 somewhere in that range 10 and 12 is um, apparently gonna be like a yeah thing. i'm gonna need to do some like do some hypnosis around the absolute to dwell yeah but she so she was diagnosed with cancer and she fought it off and on for a long time like wow. 13 years and ultimately passed in 2010 i was 22 
Yeah. Yeah. My sister yeah. is 18. So that's like a big part of who I am. It's a big part of my life. My my mom's house was always like this free-spirited environment, like YOLO. Like she was sick and she was like, spend the money, take the vacation, like live your life, be present. She's definitely the person that introduced mindfulness into my life. Um, she's the one who was like knowledge is power she actually i mean this is like a intimate thing to share but she declared bankruptcy at one point which is when we moved into the apartment and took a total pivot in her career she had taken like a summer off with my sister and i and she kind of like dabbled in different things and then decided to go into banking and she then took off and like worked her way all the way up and then we ended up in a home like a nice home and I just saw her like fighting for her career and fighting for her health and just like fighting, fighting, fighting for so long that this is like ingrained into me and who I am. And then on the other side of that, like my dad's house was like not the YOLO house. <laughs> More strict. More strict. Yeah. He grew up with like a military parent and um, yeah, he just... I'm the first child, so things were a little bit, like, more regimented at his house. Uh, not that I always listened, but <laughs> you free-spurred of what was a little bit terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that they both kind of take play in who I am now. I definitely have this, like, free-spirited side of me that is, like, spend the money, take the vacation, like, find joy in every part of your life right now because who knows? And then the other side of me that's like, my my dad was very successful too. So it's like, work hard. I, especially as like a mom now, I'm like, take your elbows off the table. I don't yell. I don't yell. <laughs> but like, like, I'm so hyper aware of manners and like being polite. And I think it's taken me a long like, way. I mean, I like was mad at my dad for a long time. Sorry, dad. <laughs> Gosh, you're saving <laughs> But no, I'm so grateful that he was now because I feel like I can walk into a room and hold myself and um, politeness takes you a long way. And so, yeah, it, it sounds like your mom and your dad played such pivotal roles in your life. Obviously, they're your parents, but they brought you such a different personality traits, skill sets that really just makes you such a well-rounded person. I mean, I'd like to think so. No, absolutely. I've always, I, I definitely, it's interesting hearing you also speak about your parents so differently because I vividly see both of those pieces in you as well. Like I see your mom's free spirited, like go with the flow nature in you. But then I also see more of like the strict uh, perfectionist, if you will. Like, yeah, all, you know, I see that side too of like, I got to get it right. I got to do it good from the beginning. I want to do a good job. I need to get all the the details or ironed out, but at the same exact time, you're constantly coming back to that more free-spirited side that I can tell they they probably work together in a lot of beautiful ways and probably against each other too. I'm not sure if you feel that way. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I do. But it's it's been a practice of knowing like, oh, this is why I am this way. For a long time, it wasn't, I wasn't like looking back on my childhood when I was you know, trying to be perfect at something, I don't know, say eight years ago, and I was like trying to do something perfectly. And then I was mad at myself. At that time, I wasn't looking back and going, oh, well, it's because ABC about my childhood, you know. Oh, for sure. I've been working on that. Yeah. 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 But I mean, take us to the transition. So you were in Colorado uh -huh. um, through high school. And yes. then what? 
What did you do? Um, I actually did cooking competitions in high school. I was in like the advanced culinary class. Oh my God, I love like my elective. And I got a scholarship to a culinary school in Colorado. And I was going to go, but there was kind of like this underlying, that's not a career vibe going on in the household. I'm sure you can guess which one. Uh, I can guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you felt like maybe you weren't allowed to choose that or like it wouldn't be accepted if you chose that path, maybe? Uh, we all tell ourselves different stories like later on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I joke with this. I joke with my dad about this now. Like, oh, dad, you told me I couldn't do that. Like it wasn't a real career. And he's like, I never said that. I was so proud of you. And so I do wonder, you know, like the story in my mind, how like where things actually like a game of telephone mm-hmm. but in my own brain that's um, where things kind of changed but we we joke about it now so he in my mind he was kind of like implying that it's a really hard career if anybody listened to episode one we talk about the shit sandwich mm-hmm. where it's like do you really want to have this high stress career where you're working these crazy hours and working on weekends and everything and it was like no not really yeah very competitive very cutthroat industry like being a chef Mm -hmm. and so I decided oh restaurant resort management so that took me to Colorado State University um, which is in Fort Collins Colorado and I did one year of that and I was like nope (laughs) I can't love this this is not my this is not my career this is not my path and at the time I had done a couple spring breaks in Arizona because I had um, friends from school that were here. And so my roommate, best friend from high school, we we did college together the whole time, basically. So her and I moved to Colorado State, and then we both moved to Arizona together. So we both changed schools, changed majors, changed everything. You had to together in crime through these huge transitions. Yeah. And now, like, total side note, but she married my husband's cousin. So we're cousins. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I know. It's great. Anyway, so she was, like, kind of dating somebody that was at Arizona State. So that's why we came out here for spring breaks. And I walked to the campus, and I was like this is where I have to be. Palm trees, like the sunshine, the pools. I'm like a total warm weather gal. And I came home and I was like, mom and dad, I'm going to ASU. And they're like, are you paying for it? You know, they're out of state relation. Right. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we don't need to get into that. But I ended up deciding on the journalism school at ASU, which is a really good program and moved out here. So my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And did my undergrad in journalism, and I actually double majored in environmental sustainability. They had opened a school then, like my junior year, I think it was. And my dream aspiration at the time was to work for National Geographic and be a writer. And so I was like, ooh, I'll do the undergrad in environmental sustainability too, and that'll give me like this perfect marriage of degrees. Um, I never worked at that Geo. I did interview, but I didn't get the job. <laughs> but I did get an interview, which I think is pretty cool. That is a pretty amazing. You can say you've always interviewed with them. Yeah. Tell me, why did you choose journalism? Uh, I've always been a writer. Yeah. I 
did you journal growing up through the experiences that you've had th in your life? And was that writing a, like an outlet for you in your childhood, maybe? Uh, yeah. This is a side note, but we went through boxes of my belongings in our garage that I ended up with because my mom passed. And we found my diaries and my husband was reading through them um, and they were hilarious. Maybe I'll bring them on for like a cameo. Oh my God, that'd be so fun if we just opened up her journals from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, like 20. Yeah. <laughs> Keep forgetting the old life. No, not at all. I'm sure you still journal. Uh, I do. Yeah. I do. It looks differently now. But yeah, so I was never good at math. Science wasn't really my favorite, um, but I was always a good writer. And I'm a very like emotional and intuitive person. I feel a lot, mm -hmm. like a lot of water signs. So I'll probably be top talking like heavy topics. I mean, I'm already like talking heavy topics, but that's just how my life has been. But writing was kind of like my natural ability, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It just came natural to you. So something that was more of like a passion. Yeah. Within you. Yeah. Okay. So you finished at ASU then? I did. I, I ended up finishing as a super senior because my senior year was when my mom actually passed away. So I had come home for Christmas break and things had like really declined. And mm -hmm. so I d she went into hospice care at home and I decided to take a leave of absence. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, my sister was like just starting her college adventure at the time. So nobody was with my mom. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my sister, bless her heart, she was close. Her college was close. So she really was. But yeah, I uh, I stayed home and it actually, it was within like, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three weeks since she passed. Wow. Yeah. So I did some courses online and then I ended up coming back to Arizona for a super senior year to finish out both my degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you end up staying here ever since then? No. Okay. I came back to Colorado after I graduated. Okay. Um, so this is hilarious. As a journalism degree, right? So writing the truth, I ended up going into marketing. Of course, marketing, I did. Marketing is that's a lot of writing. Well, it is, but it's it's not exactly always the truth. It's like a little bit manipulative. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think that I truly understood the play and marketing and how manipulative of an industry it can be. Because it's a lot of psychology based yeah. too in marketing, but it, it is interesting to see as a business owner now, like how um, important marketing is and how copywriting comes into that, um, and how it can often like be very misleading. Exactly L to misleading. catch the eye. Misleading is a better word. Manipulative maybe was a strong choice of a word, <laughs> but uh, the not the same as journalism, right? Like kind of anti-journalism for a mining company. <laughs> Mind you, environmental sustainability was my other degree. And then I started doing marketing for a mining, like cut up the earth mining company. Wow. Yeah. Right? I mean, explain that to us. I don't know if you can do a deep dive into that or you maybe you didn't draw the connection until later or how did you feel in that well, moment choosing that? I can't remember exactly when I got the job, but I, I did move home. I was living at my dad's house. I was looking for work. And I was actually doing Taekwondo. Random fact, I did Taekwondo as a kid. I was actually the youngest black belt in the state of Colorado. Oh my gosh, I totally believe that, but I had no idea. I'm literally learning that right now as we were speaking. 
took some time off, like most of my high school and not, I didn't do it in college. But when I moved back, I was like, oh, this is good exercise. Like I've always loved martial arts. So I decided to go back to the Taekwondo studio where my dad was teaching. He also does Taekwondo. Regimented father is also a seventh degree black belt in wow. Taekwondo. He's a master like wears, I think he's in, well, I might be misspeaking on the master thing. Yeah. But he wears like silk robes at ceremonies type of a thing. So I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go do Taekwondo. I was working out. I was teaching the littles, like the three-year-olds and stuff. I was teaching like all ages. I was teaching the tiny tigers. They're called. They're so oh, that's such a cute thing. They don't even know like left and right, but you're just teaching them how to like kick and punch. And anyway, um, I met somebody at the Taekwondo studio who worked for this company. Okay. And he was like, oh, you're like, you're looking for work and I can put your resume on somebody's desk. And he did. And I'm so glad he did because I got a lot of experience. I loved my boss and like senior management. Like everybody was so kind and it, it wasn't like a crazy manipulative cut of the earth type of company. Everybody was really nice. And I learned a lot from my bosses there. And I was there for, gosh, I don't know, two, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like it was a, a great stepping off point into post-college. And it sounds like our journeys were a little bit similar after college. We both moved back with our parents. Yeah. Right? We went, like, that's pretty common. Finishing, yeah. yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I know. It is for us, I guess. Yeah. And so I thought that was sort of interesting, too, how you moved back home to, like, almost find your ground again or reground yourself before the next launching point. Obviously, I know you're married now. And tell me a little bit about that transition. You were working at the mining company as a marketing professional or writer for them. You're in Colorado at the time. Is this where you met Garrett? It is because my best friend, who also was my dorm mate and then moved to Arizona with me, she also moved back to Colorado um, and she had started dating my husband's cousin, before I even met my husband, actually, they were dating wrong before. Um, and so we, whenever we would hang out, like Garrett, my husband's cousin, was always there. I went to high school with my husband's cousin. Like I've known him for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we were like hanging out. And at the time, my husband's making his own decisions over in Ohio that he actually wants to move to Colorado. So he moved to Colorado and was started hanging out with the same group. Now, in this whole, like, time, I am dating a very lots of choice words type of person. Okay. Yeah, I was, like, I was in a vulnerable state. I mean, I was still, like, a couple years, only one to two years after my mom had passed away. And I was kind of just, like, looking for solace and, like, anybody, like, Absolutely. anything. Yeah. So I kind of, like, latched onto somebody that wasn't really good for me. Yeah. And it was literally, like, the day that I had sworn off men because he had done something that was unforgivable. And I was just like, I'm over it. No more men ever. I'm done. I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Like, I'll be the traveling person with the backpack. That's when I met my husband. Of course you did. Basically, I mean, we had met like at parties kind of, but I hadn't really, it hadn't really registered for me yet. He says it had for him, but I, I like, I remember when it was and it was the same day that I was like, no to this other person mm -hmm. absolutely not like done yeah done with me <laughs> then come al comes along garrett and steals your heart away yeah 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 okay then what 
Let's see. So he and I moved in pretty quickly together. Yeah. I mean, he, we, we went on our first date to Twin Peaks, which is like the equivalent of Hooters. Okay, I don't know what that is. I've never. Is it a Colorado thing? You don't know what Hooters is? Oh no, I know what Hooters is, okay. but I don't know what Twin Peaks is. The same. Okay, I mean Twin Peaks. Okay, imagine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> For YouTube, you should just to come on over to YouTube. <laughs> I did not flashing, buddy. <laughs> oh gosh, he had been like joking with me that he was going to take me on a date, and he like went a roundabout way of getting my number. He went through my best friend, like through the cousin, like. He went all these ways around, and then he would, like, kind of suggest he was going to ask me out and everything. And finally, I was just like, and he would joke that he was going to take me to Twin Peaks because he's a huge jokester. So then I just called his bluff, and I was like, you're going to, like, would you go on a date with me? I asked him out, and I asked him to go to Twin Peaks, so that's where we had our first date. That's hilarious. So did you do it as sort of a joke? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I was, like, calling his bluff and teasing him and... I bet you will. Yeah. That's where we had our first date. I love it. Yeah. It's not where we have our anniversary dinner, so. That's not going to Have you guys ever been back to Twin Peaks since, <laughs> since this initial first date? I think maybe once. <laughs> maybe once. Just to reminisce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, we had moved in together after that. Um, I don't really remember how long we were dating. And uh, he had also... He had lost a parent like the year after I did. So we actually connected very closely to like this thing that we went through. Um, So in your 20s, like you guys both went through something huge and hard in your 20s. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like this unspoken understanding. And I think that's why we were able to just like dive in and be so vulnerable so early Mm -hmm. because we just both knew what like she gets me and he gets me yeah so we dated and i kind of like dabbled in a couple other marketing positions throughout this time and he had got a job and we were living in downtown denver and kind of like moved a little bit around the downtown denver area and then he proposed i was after a couple years and we got married and yeah i mean kind of like the standard time of our lives we're like both advancing in our careers and we're moving a little like trying to find our footing and find our home and after we got married we bought a place in um in denver and uh this super fun like townhouse four-story place right across from a brewery and a taco shop like a really fun time to be newlywed i was just gonna say what a perfect place and location to start up kick off your marriage and yeah still have was. like a lot of fun and excitement and joy together yeah and i kind of like we we were moving a lot we did move to colorado springs i forgot that briefly and that was kind of like we kept moving for his position because he was doing so well and like every year he was getting a promotion but it also required us to move mm. Um, and that's ultimately what brought us to Arizona was his job moved us here. Yeah. Um, so you moved around quite a bit. I mean, in your early years of your relationship as a, as a married couple, um, every year or two, you said all throughout Colorado or any other states that you no, went to before Arizona, Colorado, and then Arizona was the first time they moved us out of state. Yeah. And were you excited to come back to Arizona to where you went to yeah, college? Yeah, like a little homecoming for me. I actually think I manifested it, but I can't take full credit for his hard work. Absolutely. <laughs> but maybe the location of it. Well, there were all these rumors like, oh, it could be 
the Dakotas. Um, there was like an offer at Alaska at one point, and we were like, in my mind, I was like, I knew that there was business in Arizona, and so I just had it in my mind for a long time, like, it's gonna be Arizona. It's gonna be Arizona. You just do. Yeah, you it's do. gonna be anywhere out of state. It's gonna be Arizona, and I just that's really get a feeling like. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I just get a feeling like I know it's going to be true, and yeah, ultimately yeah. kind of ends up being the case. So, but I, I am j- like jumping ahead a little. So, we got pregnant when we were living in like a suburban area um, back in Colorado. In Colorado, right? Yeah, we got pregnant in twenty. It would have been twenty sixteen because my daughter was born in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So. At the time, we had actually just moved into this house. This company moved us to Parker in Colorado. And, like, his mom came to help us move in. And I think it was only, like, two days after moving in, I took a pregnancy test and found out I was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. So uh, so now this is the home that you're going to start a family in. And then, so it probably hit a little different. Well, this is the home we spend the most time in. I think we were ultimately there, like, three three years yeah um that's where my daughter was born and that's also where we got pregnant with my son and where he was born um and then when he was like six well uh maybe eight to nine months i don't know somewhere around there like the later half yeah his first year is when we got moved to arizona okay so for some reason i feel like i didn't know that i felt like waylon was your son was born in Arizona. So it sounds like in those three years that you moved into the house, the new house that you stayed in in Colorado, you started a family, had Penny and Waylon there, and really became a mom there. Like this was your, you know, transition into motherhood was in Colorado Mm -hmm. with Penny. Tell us a little bit more about that transition for you. Well, I mean, it was the perfect place to get pregnant and have babies. I I do feng shui now, like as part of my job. And I like look back on that house and I'm like, what was going on in my fertility, like family corner? Because something was great. And we just like had our babies and, uh, you know, had like this family life going on there versus where we were living previously. But it was not really a cul-de-sac, but it had the cul-de-sac feel. And literally every mom on that street had a baby or was pregnant. Oh, wow. At one time, our like neighborhood book club had six out of the 11 moms who already had kids were pregnant with their next wow. kid. So you had like a little village or a little I community did. or the potentiality for one. And I needed it because I was the first of all my friends to get pregnant. Sunny, like free spirit Lexi, who was like never going to settle down, ended up getting married like first and then having babies first. And I was like alone in the in this pregnancy and, you know, alone because I put that on myself. I didn't reach out for help. This is a whole other thing. But yeah, I was so lucky that I had neighbors who were in the similar parts of their lives that um, my my immediate neighbor like walked over one day and full-on introduced herself and was like, my son just had a blowout. I gotta go. But like, she was just, I was like, well, I don't even know what a blowout is. But <laughs> you were pregnant at the time. Yeah, she she was really like, she was great to have right next yeah. door. So I, yeah, I feel like, well, what happened, kind of backtrack a little bit, when we moved, 
we had moved and I found out I was pregnant. And so I was in this weird space of, oh, like, should I go get a job? Right. Because do I, like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, I don't know how many weeks, like only a handful of weeks pregnant. And you're in this new location. I'm in a new new house. And I had left my previous job because it was high stress and I was commuting over two hours a day. Um, It was not a good, like, it just wasn't good anymore um, for me. Yeah. And I, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I, maybe I'll go back to work. And, but then when my baby comes, how am I going to feel then? And then I'm going to like leave a company high and dry or, I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. And so I just decided to stay home and it made sense for us. And yeah, I, I was a stay at home mom for gosh, like four years, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. So you stayed home and that's something that a lot of people, like men don't have to think about that, right? Like you yeah. became pregnant and then you're like, well, in nine months, I'm going to have a baby and then I'm going to go on maternity leave. So like, do I tell the company? Do I get a job? Like, do I get a job for six months and just let them know and then tell them I have no idea if I'm going to come back? Because, you you know, especially as a first-time mom, you, you don't really know how you're going to feel from my personal experience and from a lot of moms that I talk to is we come in you know, with pregnancy with this idea that we think that we want, but then sometimes that changes and yeah. you end up um, having your baby and maybe you thought you were going to be a working mom, but you actually hate it and you want to stay home. Or maybe you plan to be a stay-at-home mom and you actually don't want to do that and you want to go back to work. So for you, do you feel like that decision was like in alignment with you from the beginning? I know obviously in a new town, it's kind of confusing. Do I get a job? Do I not get a job? So you made the decision to stay home from that point and then through four years, it sounds like. So was that always in alignment with you and you always kind of felt that pull to be a stay-at-home mom? It's a good question. No, I never thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I also was never like the person. I mean, I thought I knew I would have kids, but I wasn't like, I'm going to have kids and be a stay-at-home mom. And it just, it wasn't really on my radar. I knew I would have kids, but I, it wasn't what I felt like my purpose was. Yeah. Um, And leading up to getting pregnant, I was having like trouble connecting to my career and I was feeling like... I mean, it was high stress and things were just disjointed and I I just didn't know. Like, if I go back, I want it to be my soul's purpose. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea. So I didn't want to go get just any random job right? and then not see my baby because of it while yeah. I'm making somebody else money. It's just absolutely. It didn't feel in alignment for me. But I wasn't ever, I wasn't ever like, I'm going to stay home, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had other outlets. I um, had gotten like a teacher training in yoga. So I was teaching yoga a handful of times a week, um, which was a really nice outlet for me. And it kept me physically active. And that's kind of where like the mindfulness practice started for me was when I was teaching yoga. And you did that after your first um, child Penny was born. I actually started teaching yoga before her. Okay. Yeah. And I had a full-time job and was like teaching two, three classes a week. Yeah. I was kind of act- I like after I transitioned out of teaching Taekwondo, yoga was like what I started doing. And I started teaching and um, really loved it. I also loved that that meant you could get free membership to the studio. <laughs> I love that. This is so funny. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but for a very short period of time while I was in grad school, I looked at the teacher training 
through core power yoga. And I was like, I'm going to do that. I feel like my soul needs that. And that's what I need in part of my life to keep me grounded. And, you know, for me, like if I'm like a do something, I'm going to go all in. I can't just, you know, do yoga. I need to become an instructor and a teacher um, through, through a play and never ended up happening. But it's always been in the back of my mind to go through some sort of teaching program through yoga and then I met you and you're like that's the one that I did yeah I did through core power yeah 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 um, not sponsored this podcast is not sponsored by core power <laughs> if yoga you want to let us know Core power yoga you need to open a studio in Gilbert Arizona yes. please anyway um yeah so I I really I think I started for the same reason of like I just want to deepen my own practice mm-hmm. and being the person that I am I don't want to go into something and like feel like a novice this is so that's so bad it's something after especially for yoga (laughs) yeah that's exactly where everybody starts but I was like if I go to teacher training like I'm gonna understand my body better and everything and it really was like I think one of the bigger awakenings of my life Mm -hmm. like probably one of the first ones where I learned so much about my body um I used to be really nervous to speak publicly or to speak in front of crowds Mm -hmm. and when you teach yoga, you have to teach to a bunch of people and of course they're strangers and you need to be really like confident and grounded in your space. So I gained a lot of value from that. It wasn't teaching tiny tigers anymore. It was teaching <laughs> full on adults who are looking to you to like help them guide them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then like even just the practices uh, behind yoga, they really started to come in like the mindfulness practices. Um yeah, all the yamas and niyamas and the like, all of the things behind what it is to practice yoga from a present and grounded space, but also like mentally. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Like mentally and physically challenging. That's why I was drawn to it as well. Um, but I feel like for you, do you feel like that was maybe the first time you said it kind of kicked off your mindfulness journey? Do you feel like it was also the first time of where you found a place of being grounded within yourself? You mentioned, you know, all through childhood, you know, moving a lot. You never really felt that sense of groundedness. Maybe this teacher training kind of gave you that next step to find that within yourself is how you're explaining it. It, I mean, it helped. Um, It wasn't like a grounded necessarily, Mm -hmm. but it it did teach me a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I was still like healing a lot from my mom's passing and everything. So it really was like just an awakening in a lot of different ways for me. I taught hot yoga most of my pregnancy. And then finally, I was like, I'm too pregnant to be in this 102 degree room anymore. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, after she was born and after a while, I did go back to teaching. I taught all throughout my son's pregnancy. And then I think that's about that's about the time I stopped when I went back to yoga after he was born. I just wanted to be a student. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of trans teaching and I was like, I'm I'm just ready to be here for me. Yeah. 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 Well, you have two kids now. You're a busy mama. Same with them. Mm-hmm. So then how old was Waylon? She said six months when you guys moved to Arizona. I was wrong. Oh, it was not six months. Oh. No, he, because I'm remembering now we had his first birthday like a month after being here okay. in Arizona. And his first year was really hard for me. So it's no wonder I was like, I have no idea what month it was because I was I was not in a good place. Everything sort of started together. Yeah. And also this was, um, he was born in late 2019. So this was like headed right into COVID time. Yeah. So 
It's nothing like having a baby and being locked down where you had that beautiful community right there at that townhouse with all of the moms with the little kids. And then you have a newborn and it really shut down. Yeah. Um, I still had my mom friend who was like across the split rail fence where we would like park our camp chairs outside and have cocktails in the evening. I was like, how are things going over there? Losing your mind, Janet? You know, Maya. But then we moved. So we moved like right in the thick of 2020 to Arizona with a three-year-old and an 11-month-old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How was that transition back to Arizona? Uh, difficult because it was COVID. So yeah. it's like, yeah, we want to go meet people, um, but you just didn't know, like, at the time. Everyone was so different out there, you know. Yeah, a lot of people were kind of, like, hibernating. We also moved when it was, like, really hot. Yeah, so people aren't really going outside in the neighborhood. And then you kind of go outside and meet people, but you're, like, not sure how to interact with them. It definitely hindered, like, our communication skills in person, I feel like. Because so everyone was, you didn't really know how to respond to each person based off of their beliefs or preferences or all of that. Yeah. We're not going to dive into today. Right. But, but it, it definitely, you know, from our experience as well, moving at the tail end of COVID to Arizona, it was sort of like, are you do you guys want to meet up or you think I'm weird that we want to meet up okay no I you know you just like out of how to make friends again was like 10 times harder right uh because of COVID was like an extra layer that we were all working through I think I had like tried to reach out to a couple moms at the school because we had started at the Montessori school then um like beginning of 2021 for my daughter I was still home with my son I got ghosted a couple times, like, hey, you, yeah, I'll definitely go meet you at the park. And then I was like, text him to meet at the park and crickets. They never came? Well, I didn't actually show up, but they oh. were like, they'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'd try to reach out to plan and then I wouldn't get anything in response. Fun fact, Alexi and I met at our children's Montessori and program. And didn't ghost me. Thank I did not ghost her. <laughs> But our kids were in the same classroom. But this, we're skipping ahead just a second because this is when Penny was going there, but you were still home with Waylon. And then you decided, around, how old was Waylon? Conrad was like almost two, but not two yet. Again, I'm a little weird with like yeah. the, the time frame. I can't remember. I think it was, it was definitely in 2021. It was in the summer because I think they started in the summer together. Yeah, it had to have been, it might have been the school year of 2021. So like, July, August, 2021. He was younger than when I had sent my daughter, but I was more in a space where I needed him to go mm -hmm. to school. I needed, I needed space. I had a hard time when with my son's post, like postpartum. I had a hard time for the first year plus. I had postpartum anxiety with my daughter and like that, that was challenging in a lot of ways. But w with my son, I didn't realize it was happening, but I had postpartum depression and I didn't know like it was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like late onset. So I think, I think it really was like in the shift of moving from Colorado to Arizona with two young kids, like new home, new everything. It was really disruptive to me. And I had like late onset postpartum depression. Absolutely. Like pretty bad. Mm. And I, we can talk about it. I don't think it's something that should be like grazed over. Yeah, maybe another episode. It can be another episode because I think it is a sensitive subject. Absolutely. Um, and I, 
I want every, like, I want people to know, like, if they're going through that, you know, that they're not alone and, like, we can have a whole discussion about it. But it allowed you to open up space where you could invite healing potentially again and a new direction for, because now, I mean, I know Lexi. Lexi has an incredible interior design company where she does feng shui organization. So maybe bring us to that point where you started to get those feelings of wanting to start your own business. I actually, before we moved to Arizona, was like really interested in interiors and I had the idea like I had in my mind this whole thing I'm gonna move to Arizona I'm gonna fix up my house and like I'm gonna share my journey and everything and then it's gonna turn into a business right that's not how it happened I moved to Arizona and I was depressed and like I was sitting in a place of daydreaming about things and I was having such a hard time being present and I couldn't take action on anything because I was depressed like I just had all these thoughts and ideas and all these things I wanted to do, but my depression was like stopping me from taking action. And I finally talked to, I finally told my husband, he didn't even know, like I was doing this all alone, Um, holding myself to like certain expectations. And I, I finally told him what was going on and we decided like, you know, we're gonna, I'm gonna go see a doctor. I went and saw a holistic doctor. I did everything. I had nothing against pharmaceutical like if that's the route that you need, do it 100%. If you need something, do it. Whatever way you need to do it, do it. I wanted to do it naturally for reasons like my family history and cancer. Like I just, I'm weird about stuff. So I needed to be a holistic way. And so I did it all through changing my vitamin levels and addressing my hormones in a natural way. Seeing a therapist getting exercise, giving myself a little bit of space. So my son was going half days for just like a couple, three days a week, I think it was at the time. And and once I finally started to come out of like this place of not taking action, I actually was like motivated to take action. And I, and I was like, it's, it's time. You started to feel alive again, probably. Yeah. yeah. There were all these signs, kind of like things that kept coming up for me, similar to how you were like, I just kept having these thoughts and pings. I was having the same thing. And I did a feng shui certification course. It was six months long. And I also was like, I joined the local chapter for professional organizers. Uh, Don't need a course on that personally because I am a perfectionist. (laughs) You're extremely organized. Organization is just a now, it's like part of my blood. Like it's just who I am. And then I I did some hypnotherapy, like I just did all of these practices and like uh, journaling and gosh, I mean, so much and meditation. It's it's a whole, it's like half the reason or most of the reason why like I want to share this podcast with people because you can come out of a place of being in no action to action, but it, it is a process and a journey and um, I took it and I'm still on it. But I launched my business. I manifested my first client. I truly believe she she and I are on like another level. This is unrelated, but she felt my like energy out there and she found me online and I hadn't even like started marketing yet. And she reached out to me and she was the exact client that your ideal client, my ideal client, a mom who just needed help with organization and like she ended up becoming a design client of mine and now we're friends and it just it was like so 
perfect that I was all in from that point on, I'm going to manifest everything. I'm going to feng shui the feng shui out of things. <laughs> like, I, this is like seeing things co- go from like action or practice into action into mm-hmm. reality is just mind blowing. And yeah. Yeah, two things that I want to, one, I want to make sure we don't gloss over the incredibly hard work that you did to bring yourself from a deep and dark place, you know, with depression and living in that and then being able to bring yourself to talk to your husband. That's hard to then bring yourself to go to appointment after appointment after appointment to work on yourself and to work on healing and to do the work. I just want to commend you on that because that is really, really hard work. And I hope that brings a lot of hope and a lot of light to somebody who may be in the same situation. Um, That it takes hard work, but there is, you know, the light on the other side. So I didn't want to gloss over all your hard work there and wanted you to feel proud of that. And I'm sure you are. Thank you. Yeah. And then two, I love that you also said when you started your business, it was like things were just falling into place and everything was aligning. I felt so similar when I started my business too. And I think that sometimes that you know you're on the right path and those are some of the signs that you start seeing when you start a new adventure and you're just like, why is this happening so seamlessly for me? Why are things just falling into place as you continue to lead with your intuition, as you continue to lead with each next step, the right things are coming to you and it's just almost like you've got a little bit of a push from the universe to say like, all right, let's get you off to a good start and we're going to push you along because you're on the right path. Yeah. Um, so I felt that too in my journey too. And I thought that was an amazing thing. Well, you were taking action and with action comes attraction. And so mm-hmm. you, as you take action, you get these little hints and these little signs that like you're, they're encouraging signs that like you're on the right path, keep going, keep trusting. And then what's your subconscious beliefs that is actually true which is why you have to do the work, then that's when things actually do start to fall perfectly into place. And this woo-woo, I'm doing air quotes, of <laughs> manifestation, which people think is like this magical, weird thing. Some people... It's energy, it's it, law of attraction. It's, it's actually just science. <laughs> it's just what you put out there yeah. is what you will receive. I mean... This this is a good segue into maybe like episode two. Yeah, honestly, I, I love everywhere this is going. This is definitely going to be a segue into episode two where we're going to dive into, you know, how Lexi and I met more deeply and why we're even starting this podcast. Maybe a little bit more of that journey. Uh, before we leave, though, I'd love to ask you a few questions. Oh, yeah. If I can. Yes, I, I have no questions that I'm literally going to make these up on the fly. If it could be any animal, what would you be? A wolf. A wolf. Mm-hmm. I would have not thought that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what is one thing that you feel is a piece of advice that you wish you had when you were going through that really dark time? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Do you have a favorite book? Ooh, that's a hard one. I have a lot of books that I like. Okay. Oh, gosh. Maybe a category of books. Like, do you like to read self-development, fiction, nonfiction, self-development in audio format? That's my jam right there. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. You have tried a lot of holistic approaches to to healing, to finding yourself, to deepen your understanding of, like, where you're at and the journey you've had. What do you feel like has been 
the most pivotal like right we talked about talk therapy we talked about hypnotherapy mm-hmm. yoga right um you know practicing exercise and all of that i'm sure there's a lot of other modalities that yeah. you've taken or people you've seen potentially um what what one single router or practitioner if you will in their realm do you feel like was the most pivotal for you oh that's hard i think seeing a therapist I had a, I mean, I had a lot, like I started seeing her because of my depression, but I had a lot to work through. I still do from childhood and divorce and things that happened and a sick parent and a parent passing and, uh, you know, like there, there was a lot and she tremendously helped me change my life. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we're so excited that we dove deep in with you today. You have so many amazing things about you that I feel like I learned just today that I didn't even know. Um, and it's been really fun to to dive deep with you. So thank you for being vulnerable and honest and sharing all of that with us. Thank you for listening. Of course. And we're excited. We'll see you in episode two where you learn a little bit more about how Lexi and I came together to be co-hosts and how we are in alignment with our businesses and, and now starting this podcast together. Yes. Thank you. All right. See you next time, friends. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.